Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby the Keg podcast, episode 458. Mitch, he was late, but he's on the ones and twos there. The old got there a little bit late. Well, he's on the other. It, other must, s- be, it must be a delay on, okay. on you know, All internet right. technology. All not, right. not perfect. He, no worries. He's on the other side of the Zoom. I'm here with you as well, Charlie, your host of mo- all things uh, Tapping the Keg. Uh, we're talking about Bucks Bulls, our observations for the first two games, talk about what's ahead this weekend, um, maybe not overreacting with Chris Middleton's injury. All we'll run the gamut here with the Bucks and Bulls. We'll talk about the Brewers and wonder if they are cheap. I will set that up I, if they actually are cheap. Lily uh, has an opinion early on here, and then we'll talk about their recent performance. And then lastly, we'll give some final thoughts on the NFL draft as we are legitimately less than a week away. Mitch, what's happening? How you doing? Doing well. Yeah, doing doing real well. Just obviously trying to, um, well, navigate our way through this series. And uh, I would say doing real well is, a little bit of a cliche, but, um, <laughs> you know, game two was not ideal. Um, and frankly, it was about as big of a nightmare scenario as you could, you could get coming out of it. Um, a couple guys hurt, uh, play like dog shit, but only lost by four people forget. Wow. And, I- uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned they, you know, only lost by four because, Oh, and I thought I saved it. Um, they basically do this thing where it's called like shot quality, and they look at like how how good your shots were, and with that adjusted, the Bucks should have won like one twenty one to one hundred five. Basically, it's to say the Bulls made a <laughs> lot, a lot of lucky shots. Lot. I'm surprised something something analytical doesn't like what Demar Derozan did. No, it didn't. So here it is. So it's the the Twitter account is shot underscore quality. The actual score was Bucks one fourteen or Bulls one fourteen, Bucks one ten. Shot quality score one hundred five to one twenty one to the Bucks based on the quality of shots taken. The Bulls win eight percent of the time. The Bucks would win ninety two percent of the time. So, I mean, that is unbelievable. So the a lot of a lot of unexpected luck here for Chicago in game two. Giannis had a quote today that he said it wasn't good. It's, no one said it was going to be easy um, with the smile on his face. I don't think anybody is worried there. I was really encouraged by the national media's reaction to it. I was on the treadmill this morning and I, Michael Wilbon, big Chicago guy, Kind of a Bucks hater, really only because of Grayson Allen. And he basically was like, as much as I would like to say, he's like, I was so excited they won. I was so happy. I didn't even sleep. He's like, but, you know, the Bucks still have control of the series. You know, they're still the better team. I still expect them to come out on top. Jalen Rose was like, Giannis is going to come out with a passion. He, he's like, I don't want to discredit what Chicago did, but they're, they're, this is the only game they're winning. Like Giannis is coming out with a fury in game number three, which I definitely think is true. And then the only one where he was a little sideways was Stephen A, who thinks this series is going seven, which I mean, okay. 
that's that's here or there. Well, so, maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing. You know, I, with the Middleton injury, I mean, right. the longer the longer the series goes, the more opportunity you might get Chris Middleton back for that Boston series. So you could make a case that, especially if the Brooklyn Boston series goes short, I don't expect it to. I I weirdly think that the Nets, no, with knowing Ben Simmons, weirdly is going to be back for Game Four, which is bizarre in its own right. Frank Iasola, uh, who's kind of becoming my guy. I I have like corners of NBA NBA Twitter that I like. Frank Iasola might be one where he's like, why couldn't Ben Simmons play on Saturday if he can play on on Monday, which is really true. Um, but we all know Ben Simmons, nothing is normal. And I don't know, you know, you, there's no doubt that that could, that series could tighten itself up. We'll see. Um, you know, Bucks were down 2-0 to a lot of teams last year and they were able to come back in multiple scenarios. I'm not saying Brooklyn will, oh, yeah. but it's, uh, it's just one of those things where I, I definitely, I definitely worry a little bit about what the Bucks are going to do at the wing position um, because it's, I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's something that is going to be, you know, figured out immediately. I think it's going to take time. It's just a matter of what, what do you think is going to be that secret sauce? So I guess I'll, well, I'll ask you this way. Do you think the Bucks figure it out, you know, to, immediately, or do you think it's something that maybe by game five, they kind of have their shit together. Hmm. Just in terms of covering up for Middleton's loss. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, what, uh, I, I, you know, uh, as, as, as poorly as Middleton has done so far in the first two games, I mean, now he woke up a little bit in the second half before getting hurt. Um, in game two, but I mean, he's still a very, very, very important part of the team. And I don't know if there's anyone I trust anywhere near him um, to fill the need. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think what scenarios that Bud can do, can go to. And I'm very curious to see what he does, but I think probably he'll lean toward a starting Grayson Allen and Wes yeah. Matthews and then going Giannis and Brooke and Drew at the point guard. Um, or, if you wanted to get real frisky, and we'll have to see about Bobby, but he could start Bobby. Bobby's, Bobby's and playing. Go, and, go, he, and go, I would imagine he would be. I'm not surprised. Um, I think he'd play with an eye patch if he, uh, <laughs> yeah. if he had to. He, um, he also changed his profile pic to his bloody eye, and Thanasis screenshotted that with the, uh, the nose emojis, you know, the angry emojis. Like these yeah. guys are pissed. I, I, I think they're going to absolutely wipe the floor with the bulls tomorrow. I I'm like, I think game four will be I tight. So. I think game four will be tight. Get, don't get me wrong. Noon start. Never good for the bucks. I think that crowd is going to be rocking. I think the bucks are going to feed off of it. And I think they're going to, they're going to bring the noise, man. Like I really do. Well, I think they're, that's, that's a pretty optimistic outlook. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just think they're not sad. I, I think they're not satisfied. I think this was a wake up call. I do think these two games are also a good reminder for a lot of us, mostly me, that was kind of over my skis already talking about finals, talking about the Eastern Conference Finals. It's like, yeah, I need to pump the brakes. I need to take this one well, game at a time. And and I'm, I was gonna text you 
um, because we were talking about what, what day we wanted to do the podcast and yeah, you know, as we always do. And I, <laughs> I was going to text you like, good thing we, cause we were going to do uh, Tuesday night. I mean, yeah. there was at least the potential for it and we just held off inside of the weight. And I'm kind of glad we did because you know, the one game sample size was kind of like, well, after game one, you know, I was thinking like, Cla- well, that's... classic, classic box game one, they're going to drop a nuke in game two. And then here we go. Well, no, I would have been like, yeah, we have, we had a kind of a shitty game one. Uh, both teams didn't play very well. The Bucks ended up pulling it out. Um, you know, we probably, I'm sure we both would have said, yeah, I think the Bucks will just, we'll probably win by double digits in game two and everything will be normal and the way it should be. But kind of the opposite happened. And, you know, now we have kind of, I don't know, uh, a different situation. Like, like you just mentioned there, like it's a, a reality check for kind of everybody. Like, okay, this is not going to be, this is not going to be handed to you. And um, I don't know. I, I just, you, you wish that that wouldn't get to the, the basketball court where it's like, how can you, how can you guys possibly fuck around? Like, I, I just, it's it's frustrating um, oh yeah, yeah. But, but i i definitely think that there was some of that that i mean you know well every they thought pa- they, they thought that they thought they were going to coast and yeah well and they weren't I think, and, I think and a lot work- of fans were like oh no no it's a sweep it's a sweep don't worry like i don't know though i mean the bulls are very very tough this isn't the fucking orlando magic this right. isn't the detroit pistons from two years ago this isn't even the heat from last year this is a team that was in the one seed in the Eastern conference for the first like four months of the season. So, I mean, they have some talent and they're missing Lonzo ball, but other than that, they're healthy and, you know, they, they've done enough. And, and DeRozan was right in game after game one. I'm never, we all, you know, we all clowned on him for saying he's never going to shoot that low again, that bad again. And, 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 but he's done it several times in his career. So, We'll see. Did, did a blind squirrel find a nut in game two, or did, or is this something that you know he's going to continue? And, and I hope not. I mean, I don't well, know. Um, well, what gets well, what gets lost in the shuffle is DeRozan was ice cold in that fourth quarter. Like DeRozan, yeah. you know, he had the big shot at the end, but he he kind of fell apart down the stretch. He played forty four minutes. They have one day off. They're going to go right back at it. Levine, who's had a knee issue all year, mind you. 43 minutes played Caruso 38. Like that's a lot of miles and you know, they are, they are riding those guys and that at some point you're going to meet the Piper with the way the Bucks play. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks try to speed things up a little bit. The more you say Bobby in the starting lineup, the more I, I kind of abide into it. If I, if I look at, look at the Bulls starting lineup and see Vucevic, Patrick Williams, Zach Levine, Caruso, DeRozan. Like, I think you can kind of use Giannis as a floater. Brooke takes, Brooke takes uh, uh, Voos, and then you have Williams against Bobby, and you kind of have that energy of Bobby Portis because that's kind of what you need early. Like, you need somebody to just kind of bring the noise immediately. Like, get it, just absolutely set the tone. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get yourself thrown out of the game. But set that fucking tone and get ready to ball. And I could, I definitely could see that. And I think the, I think you're going to see more of Drew Holiday on Demar Derozan. I think they might tell Drew like, "Hey, look, man, 
We do need your offense, but if you can be a distributor and be an absolute dog on defense, we'll take that. And I, I would imagine they do that. I would also really like to see more of the Bucks try to play the pest role with either Javon Carter or Grayson Allen, kind of what Caruso does. Like, credit to Caruso. He was yeah. great in that game. I mean, he was fantastic. But I, I just need it out of someone in the Bucs. Can, can the Bucks find their Caruso, basically? Well, I mean, it's it would never be the same, but why not throw a Thanasis out there for two yeah. minutes at the end of the first half and just let him let him just hump Demar Derozan, <laughs> literally yeah. and figuratively, and yeah, just no. get him get him get him flustered, or you know something. I mean, unfortunately, you don't have a PGA Tucker, which right. this this is the time of year where you're really going to notice. And God bless West West Matthews, but I he ain't no PGA Tucker. I, he's he's going to give you a little bit more offensively, but he is not going to be – he's not going to be able to make it as tough as B.J. Tucker does on, on other guys' main scorers. And along those lines, I mean, I think it was um, Brian Sampson, right is his name, Bucks Film Room on Twitter, yeah. Yeah. pointed out that – I don't know if that was – I think I woke up and saw that this, morning, this on uh, Thursday morning that he pointed out that, you know, Caruso – was guarding Middleton and now Middleton's out. Bruce is going to guard Drew Holiday probably. Drew yeah. Holiday already already can't do anything right. So um, with I don't even know who's guarding him. Probably I, Levine. I I do wonder though with that matchup if there's going to be a speed disadvantage. Caruso's a good defender. He really is. But Chris is Chris is kind of slow at times. Chris is kind of deliberate. Like Holiday has a step back. Holiday has the the power to the basket. He can back guys down too. I wow. I I I feel a little bit better about that matchup. Um, even though I know Caruso's a dog for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I would think Drew has more of an advantage in the in the power category. Um, yeah. On Caruso. Hundred percent. Um, Caruso is, you know, actually a very good athlete. Um. Sneaky. Who would you say, sneaky bitch? Sneaky good. No, athlete? I did not say sneaky. I said he, I said he is a very oh, good athlete. No, no, no. Fucking I'm, I'm Elmer, fine. Elmer Fudd looking ass doesn't even yeah, know where I, I have know, been. I know. I'm fucking with you. I just make making fun of him being a Caucasian. You yeah, you know, missed that. But, that flew that flew right over your head. Uh, that's an old joke. So um, yeah, <laughs> I just kind of tried to avoid that, but um. Yeah, no. Caruso, he's a good athlete. He doesn't know how to wear a headband, and he looks like Elmer Fudd, but he is a uh, he's a, he's a good athlete. But I don't know if he has the um, the base, if you will, to uh, to hang with uh, Drew Holiday in the post. But yeah, man, the, the Middleton loss is is huge. Um, I don't I don't know. It's just, it it you know it's it, it's something that you didn't expect coming. I mean, it's crazy how many guys who played in the Olympics have really struggled to stay healthy this season. You know, Booker's had two hamstring injuries now. Damian Lillard was fucked pretty much the entire year. Kevin Durant looks exhausted. Um, you know, it's it's just – and he got hurt. You know, it's it's really interesting yeah. to see how many well, Olympics that's, got- that's rich because Durant didn't play for two and a half months. <laughs> right. So. Well, I mean, yeah, it, there's a lot there um, for that onion. But – I think the other interesting thing that the Bucks have to figure out is 
So Bucks looked really good with Giannis playing the five in their small ball lineup, and that was kind of part well, of the comeback. That's the but, answer. But Brook Lopez has been pretty much the second best player on this team. Yeah. So no, how how do you how do you figure how do you figure this out? What do you what do you do if you're Mike Budenholzer? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, and that, that's why, you know, and you're going to hate me for this and I don't, no, no, I don't fine. mean, no. I mean, you, you kind of get some bubble vibes from the first two games because you kind of feel like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul because you're right. And I, I said that to you in the, in, or to our group chat in, in the morning, this morning yeah. about Brooke Lopez, like, you know, the drop coverage thing with Brooke is fucking killing us. But also, you know, he's been our second best player. And it, it, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, it's killing us maybe, because it's killing us because it's Vucevic out there. Vucevic is, is a three point threat. He doesn't want to go into the post. And right. that's that's the problem. And and weirdly, they played Vucevic in the bubble playoffs, and so that's what you're seeing. So the question the question is is will you will you have that you know going forward? I mean, if you look at Vucevic it, with a with a much better supporting cast than what he oh, had in Orlando. Oh yeah, hundred so, percent. I mean, and he's 100%. actually the third best player. So oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's. And so the Bucks have to adjust with that. So does that mean does that mean getting, you know, kind of that blitz coverage? Does that mean having Bobby there and telling Brooke, like, all right, he's he's basically gonna take Vucevic in the in the post. Now they were doing some interesting stuff when they it, when they were trapping sort of the pick and roll at the top in the fourth quarter. So I wonder if they did figure some stuff out with DeRozan and that pick and roll that him and Vooch were running at the very end of that game that I'll be curious to see if that carries over. Um, well, because, they, yeah, they were able to slow him down. Uh, right. I think they were, yeah. Blitzing him, trapping him, doubling him. Right. Finally, after three, three and a half quarters. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but there were a couple of times where they were, you know, there was a little late rotation Yep. or just not, not a good enough double. And, you know, they got a slip pass for, and then an open corner three for Caruso. I remember one specifically. Yeah, I know which one you're referring to. Yeah, no, no they. Yeah. I mean, they they so have to them. I mean, I don't but, think the Bulls could have played much better. Yeah, um, no. And that was a a dream game for them. I mean, I'm looking at the box score. Their big three was great. Um, they shot fifty percent. They shot forty eight from three. I mean, yeah, and they made and all their like free throws. When when the Bucks switched. Uh, to having Giannis on Vucevic, um, then it was like Patrick Williams started hitting a couple shots, and it's like God, that fucking guy. And he's he reminds me of like the Rose in an offense where it's like if he's behind the three point line, you're lucky if it hits rim, but if he steps in, but if he steps in two feet, it's it's splash. Yeah, and no, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams should not shoot another three the rest of the game, the rest of the series. They should tell Patrick Williams like. You should just be a mid-range guy and you should go in the post a little bit, take it to the lane. Like that's what you should do the rest rest of this series. Because that's you're absolutely right. Every time Patrick Williams launches one, I'm like, I feel pretty good about that. 
honestly, I, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, but I, I feel that way kind of about Caruso. I realize he made he made three threes, but he also missed four of them. So like, I don't know. I, I always, I don't, I feel okay about that. And it's just, I think the Bucks just have to come out strong. They just have, have to have a good first half. And if they don't, and then, then you kind of get scary hours. Then you're right. You get a little bit of that bubble vibe of like, okay, at some point, you this game two should have been the wake up. Game two should have been the time where you're like, all right, this is this is time to go now. Like you shouldn't need getting pressed by the Bulls for the third fucking straight game. The worst thing that happened to Milwaukee was winning those two blowouts at the end of the season. Because they assumed they could kind of come in like the Globetrotters. And I think that's why the turnovers happened. Like, they just were trying to do all these passes that weren't there. They were just trying too hard. It was like, just play your game. Just do exactly what you need to do to get you there. Don't worry about trying to make the cute pass. Or don't try to be too fine. And I, I hopefully this just, this plus the Middleton injury kind of woke them up with everything. Well, and they have to get something from their bench. Yeah. Um, Pat Connaughton's been horrible. Yeah, he's um, one. He's I think two of thirteen to start the to start that. Pat Connaughton too. Like, I know he's done really well from beyond, beyond the arc, but like he can drive to the lane. Like Pat can get to the lane. He's he is a guy who's effective. You know, taking it to the rack. He's athletic enough. Another and, another very good athlete. Right. Another sneaky good athlete. Like. Take it to the rack, my man. Like, do a little bit more there because, yeah, it's been lacking so far. You you just can't have Connaughton just not be a complete non-factor. And same with Grayson Allen. Yeah, sure enough, one. So it's he's two for thirteen, and all of his shots have been beyond what? the arc. That's what is it going to take to? What's it going to take to fire up Grayson Allen? That dude just he's so fucking sleepy. Like, and I yeah. feel like he wasn't like that in college. Like, I don't know. Like, somebody I, I needs, to, maybe somebody needs feel, to go. He needs to do a little John Henderson and get slapped in the face before a game and <laughs> get get a little pumped up. Cause maybe he feels, maybe he is, feels out of he place. Looks like, maybe, maybe he looks like he a family feel, member died every game. Like, he just, he just doesn't, he just doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't stray from the, the blank look. Do we need Coach K there? Like, Coach K was at the – like, are we going to get a Coach K tour watching all his old guys? Like, are we going to get Coach K at the uh, Bulls-Bucks game on on Friday? You know, Chicago resident Mike Krzyzewski. Um, I mean, you know, do making the retard- Do the Bulls have any Duke guys? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, let me look. No, I don't – no. Billy Donovan, I don't think – he worked for Patino, so he didn't work for Coach K. Um, but I mean, yeah, like what, what's it going to take? But if you looked at Allen last year in that jazz series, he had the one game in game three at home in a losing effort where he had 17 points and he made five threes and he was butter in that game. So maybe it's game three, maybe the booze will fire him up because you know, he is going to hear it from the Chicago crowd. And maybe it's putting him in the starting lineup. I know we said Bobby, and I liked your Bobby idea. I really do. But maybe that's what gets him going is just hearing his name get announced and hearing the WWE-style booze from the crowd, and maybe that's that's what sparks everything for him. We'll see. 
that would be that, that, I mean, you would hope that would take him in, you know, back to his college days. Right. Where he right. was just a little more animated and a little more fired up. Like, right. Absolutely. You got to get that dude going. Like, like, he, uh, like he doesn't want to be there. I agree. It's like, it's time. So what, uh, so as we kind of round this out, what do you think be more likely Jordan Nora minutes or Serge Ibaka minutes in game three and four? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, that's why I pay me the big bucks. I would probably say, man, probably Ibaka minutes. Yeah, I would agree. I I think I think Nora is such a liability defensively that I don't know if you can trust that he would be able to be able to be out there and not get hunted, right? If you did put him out there, I think it would be a short spurt. And you would tell him, look, just keep shooting. We'll find you in the corner. Be ready and just try to try to make a memory. I think though, if anyone were well, to kind of kind of bring forms it, it would be Jordan Nora for for these last two games, two or three. Well, games. yeah, that 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 might be another another card they can play at some point. I mean, right. just just tell Nora to go shoot, and he will. And right. uh you know, you might get an all for eight, and then you fucking bench his ass and try to yeah. play again in the series at least. Exactly. But, it's like, all right, we uh, we 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 tried this and uh, it didn't work. I don't I don't expect you'll see any Rajon Tucker minutes. Um, the kid from the G League no, who they no, brought I, on. Or I love I love that dude. That that dude can jump a lot. He's a yeah. he's a he is just, he's got some bunnies, but um, if he plays, something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> um, and. Uh, if Luca, like what either, if Luca, if Luca Vildoza plays, what, 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 what are you saying there? Uh, do they even know his name on the team? I don't, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, would be your John Cheney dude to like, you know, get payback for Bobby? Would it be Tenacity? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and if you guys or, are. Oh. Or or Surge, Surge Ibaka maybe. Surge, yeah, yeah. Don't discount Surge just laying the fucking hammer. Surge is not afraid to mix it up. He I, loves. I swear to God, that guy has played four games for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, just... I I would love to know if like, I'd love to know what happened there because there's obviously someone's wires got crossed, either. Bud told or horse told Bud, "Hey, we were thinking about Baca. Will you work him into the rotation?" Bud was like, "Yeah," and then Bud kind of forgot that Brooke Lopez was going to come back. Maybe I, I almost wonder did did they think Brooke Lopez was not coming back? Did they think Brooke Lopez was going to be a guy that you know maybe could only play fifteen minutes, you know, in the playoffs or something? And that's why they thought they needed a Baca. I don't know. I'd well, love to. I'd love and- to know that. And that's possible, but also, like you said at the time too, like it could be Bobby Portis insurance. Where, right. I mean, just an extra big, an extra big guy to right to have in your back pocket. Um, which you know, I was going to suggest, I um, before I got interrupted, that um, Ibaka could be the answer instead of Brooke. Um, on defense, just because I think he's significantly more mobile. And probably you don't lose a ton of size early, no. So he might be able to get out there on that on that pick and pop three. Um, Brooke not only 
doesn't really want to, but also can't. So I don't know, just, just something to think about. Um, yeah, no doubt. We'll see, right. we'll see what, we'll see what they do. I mean, Bucks have been in this position before, um, clearly last year. And now I would argue that at no point last year did, did it look this bad for that large of a sample. Oh, um, okay. Hold on. They, I'll let you continue. Continue. I, I'm going to push back on that, but go ahead. Well, I, I mean, I'm trying, I, I can probably come up with like a quarter that was horseshit or, Bro. but not like seven quarters of, of bad basketball. Are you kidding? Wow. How our minds like forget. Are you like just forgetting the, are you remember holding the first two Brooklyn games? Uh, probably, but I mean, I, yeah, we got our I know we got a, I know, I, well, got I know our... we did, but, but we didn't beat ourselves. I mean, I don't know. Now, now you're going to make me go look back at those games. We, I mean, we got just absolutely ass pumped. Like, I mean, that was a complete chip pumping by well, the Nets. Okay. We thought the season okay. was over. We were thinking the Bud was game, get game two against Brooklyn was bad. Game, yeah. game one was like, just got away. Game two was basically from the word from the jump was a ass kicking. Game two, we had an awful third quarter. If Durant took over in that third quarter, and it was awful. And we we played like shit. We turned the ball over in that game fourteen times. We missed a ton of three pointers. We were six of thirty from beyond the arc. The Nets in that game were shot forty six percent, thirty eight percent, and. Durant had 29 and 10. Blake Griffin had 18 and 14. And Kyrie had 25. So, like, I mean, I don't know. It, it was – oh, and that fucker Mike James had a big – had a huge, huge third quarter. Remember Mike James? What happened to Mike James? Yeah. Is that is that the meet, missing piece for the Nets? Uh, taking, your calls, taking your calls on the uh, progressive hotline. Uh, that team is so bad except for – Duran and Kyrie. I mean, yeah. that's why I want the Nets to win so badly. But I yeah, I mean, I, the Brooklyn, the Boston thing in the second half was so impressive. I, I watched that and I was just like, I, I couldn't believe kind of my eyes that that was happening. And I, I think Steve Nash is a dog shit coach. I think that's my lesson yeah. that I learned is that Steve Nash has zero idea what he's doing out there. Fourth quarter, Steve Nash completely turtled. They didn't run one play. They didn't want they they he didn't push Durant to go to the lane. All of Durant's shots were outside the arc. Like I think Steve Nash is a good people person, but when it comes to actually coaching basketball, he doesn't know shit. And Emma Adoka has put him in a locker for these first two games. And I, I do, I'll be curious to see Emmy against a, you know, a established coach in the later rounds, but yeah, it's, I mean, they did a great job and we'll just kind of see, I mean, Peyton Pritchard is a guy who will easily be a Boston folk hero. That guy has probably so many Instagram thoughts from the Boston area sliding into his DMS. Like it's, I mean, he's going to be a pest. He's going to be a guy you have to deal with. And it's, you know, I think that if it's the Bucks, I you know, I think they they gotta figure out some stuff because the Vucevic things that Chicago's doing now easily can be replaced with Daniel Tice. Now is Daniel Tice 
a would you call him a homeless man's version of Vooch? Like he's a different player than Vooch. But I don't I in terms of like solid players, like Daniel Tice is not gonna have the production that Nikola Vucevic does on his best night. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't their centers don't scare me as much. No. Um, I mean I guess Horford is the other other like Vucevic type where you could run basically that. But yeah, they I, I don't understand the Nets like an alert allergy to the to the net and everything like that. Yeah, they just how, off. how uh how hard is the Philly sweep bid or the Philly 3-0 bid for you as someone who hates Philadelphia maybe more than than anyone in the state of Wisconsin? Uh, I mean I hate the Raptors probably more. Okay. So um, that's kind of the Lonzo Morning gift. You know, it's kind of like uh, it is. It's just you know. Whoever wins, I mean, I I would rather face Philly than Toronto. So I mean, yeah. I guess I'm not, I'm not, uh, and that's ridiculous to say, but right. I'll say it, but that's um, fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll be, but I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious. I'll be curious if that Heat series tightens up. I know the the Hawks like the dog shit, but I forgot how bad the Hawks are on the road. They're an awful road team this year. Just terrible. And, uh, you know, now... They're good at home. They are good at home. They've, like, they've only lost, like, three games since, I think, the early March. So, I'll be curious to see what happens in that one. I found out, uh, you'll like this, I found out on Easter that my sister-in-law's boyfriend played against Trey Young in high school. He's from Oklahoma and went to Oklahoma State for undergrad. He played against Trey Young. He's like two years older than Trey Young. He said if you just bumped him, he would just go stand in a corner. He didn't want any contact. He was kind of a Caruso type. Uh, he didn't describe himself, but that's kind of the way his style kind of matched up. And yeah, he's like, yeah, if you just put put a body on Trey Young, he'd just basically quit, go pound in the corner. I didn't think that guy was going to amount to anything. And then he was good in college. I said, ah, he's not going to be a good NBA player. Then he was good in the NBA, and I kind of finally had to admit that Trey Young was all right. But that was a that was well, an awesome added. I've known him for like three years. I had never known that story, so it was uh, it was pretty cool. Trey Young was also probably five eight at that oh, point. Oh yeah, Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young was probably and a, just and a, a bean just pole. A baby back bitch at that point. I mean, he still is a baby back bitch, but uh, yeah, it's I'm sure he was very tiny. So that was a little little fun story. Uh, but yeah, wow, definitely, uh, definitely there. How I'll, I don't want to talk too much about the West because you know whatever it's we're not there yet. But I, I really love the Pelicans. I I might I might adopt Pelicans as my Easy my, West, my my Western Conference team. But now I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm just saying overall I like I like Herb Jones. I like the fact that they have a not on Herb uh, T-shirt, like CJ McCollum. Brandon Ingram, I think, is funny just because if you're a Lakers – okay, let me revert to this. Let me ask you this. If you were a Lakers fan and you, you won the, a Mickey Mouse title, but you've given up Brandon Ingram and Alex Caruso and Kuzma to get that, that Mickey Mouse title and then kind of be mediocre at best and, have, and kind of are a wireless ship at this point, how are you feeling? If you're a Lakers fan, yeah, yeah, I mean, not, not, I don't know. 
it's tough, right? Because you you want a, a title. It's such a, it's such a weird. It's such a weird fan base. Um, oh, totally. Like, how do I like most most markets? Not L.A. or New York want their teams to be homegrown. Well, they want to, you know, kind of go through and then go through the shit and then rise up and with with their guys. But like Laker fans, they would just want the stars, right? Right. So you got it. You made your bet. Now you got. And I don't know. Like I guess you take the title and, and you sort of have what you want. But I think there's probably some rational Laker fans that are like, they really fucked this up. Like we, we sold ourselves a bit for LeBron, and now look, like you know, we're fucked in a, in a couple of. Years. But yeah. I don't know. They'll they'll get the next superstar who wants to force his way out, and it, and who cares? I mean, it, it, you really you should really feel no pain if you're a Lakers fan because you never have to rebuild. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that I, I know that like they did, um, but that's only because of what happened with Kobe and like the way they sort of they extended him a little too long when he was should have been out the door, but you weren't gonna you weren't gonna kick him out the. No. Um, and that was part of it. And they were just mediocre to bad longer than they should have been. Um, just to, just to basically, you know, have a, have a two year retirement tour for, for, for Kobe, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you, you're, 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 you're one off season away from being, you know, fucking. it doesn't always work. Um, but at least you're in the conversation. Right. Yeah. As opposed I- to a Minnesota Timberwolves or a Memphis Grizzlies who, you know, have to, uh, <laughs> have to do things different. Oh yeah. No, no question about it. Absolutely. Well, we'll see what happens. What prediction wise, do you feel like we're three, one heading out of the weekend or do you think it's two, two, or do you think it's somehow shockingly three, one Chicago heading out of the weekend? Uh, I'll go middleman Mitch and say two, two. Okay. That is very middleman bitch of you. I don't know. I don't see us losing both, but I don't really see us winning both. Um, you know, my, my negative approach would say I'd, I'd see us losing both more just the way the first couple of games have gone, and now you lost Middleton. You know, I don't know. It, it's it's going to take – now I do have more faith in Bud at this time now than I so, um, you know, like I said, we've been in this spot before. No reason that, you know, I sh- I, I'm not worried about the series. I just, you know, that crowd's going to be juiced. Yeah, man. Friday. It's going to be tough. I think they're going to feed off of it. I, I think the Bucks come away and it's 3-1 heading back to Milwaukee. I think Sunday will be a motherfucker. I think it'll be first to 100 wins that game. And we'll come down to the wire, but I, I'll I'll take the Bucks, and then Chicago will be at that point just wasted. So, um, and, and not wasted in the sense of like drunk, but just like they've had so much, they've taken so many body blows that it leads to a Bucks win on, on Wednesday. So that that would be my prediction. We'll see if it comes true. Um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk about it next week. Moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so I, I wanted to have a conversation about if the Brewers are cheap or not. Made some jokes about Mark Ananasio, not on the podcast, maybe a little bit. 
But I was just thinking about the Brewers and, you know, this whole Yelich thing, buying the bar tabs um, on Friday. I don't know where, but he's going to be buying a bar tab on Friday. Uh, so check that out. I did a little thing about the worst places you could have an bar, open bar tab in the city of Milwaukee on uh, yesterday's Chuck's Corner. And I, I was starting to wonder why they're doing this. And I just wonder if their fan sentiment is down. Like, if even though how successful the Brewers have been, even though this is the best stretch of Brewer baseball that we've had in our collective lives, um, if the fan sentiment just isn't there. Like, that to me feels like, as someone who does marketing for a living, it feels like a pure marketing ploy to get the fans back on your side. So, I oh, guess... I think, it's, I, think it's from the, I think it's from the lockout. Okay. I mean, okay. Oh, interesting. All right. I didn't... I didn't see that angle. Go ahead. Um, give, give, give your I thoughts. Mean, I, that's, that is, that's it right there. I mean, I think it's in the lockout. I think it's fans are the, the common fan, <laughs> if yes. you will. Yes. The pinhead, the Joe six pack. Yes. These, these millionaires crying, crying, crying about money. And I mean, you know, I listen to sports radio all day long, Charlie. I work in sports radio. So you you somehow seem to avoid it more than I do. Yes. Um, so, I mean, and I I talk sports with people in my in my daily life. There's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, eh, the blockout thing kind of kind of turned me off a little bit on baseball, you know. But and you hear that on sports stations too. Like, eh, I haven't really been following much, but I'm starting to come back. Like, I just think that that there's people that get when when there's a labor dispute and in pro sports and probably like in when there's a writer's strike in Hollywood. I mean, you know, they don't, the, the average person doesn't want to hear that and they will, they will tune things out. And I think that it, it's a good way to, for a player to spend a, <laughs> I don't know, not a significant, especially a person like Yelich who right. has underperformed. Um, yeah. And is and is, you know, at this very second, probably grossly overpaid, but yes. um, it's a good way to to sort of make up for that. And he's gonna do it like I don't know. McAlvey tweeted like there's like a dozen dates or something that he's that he's doing this for. You know, I'm guessing he won't be attending these um, events, but uh, somehow we'll figure out a way to to donate the tab or, or you know cover it or whatever they do. I'm sure that it's probably pretty easy if somebody can call ahead and be like, yeah, you know, uh, whatever you do for in, in sales tonight, I'll cover. I'm sure it's pretty easy. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I think I, I don't necessarily think it's, it's a brewer's thing. I think it's, it's a player's thing. Like, a, you know, the, the guys in the players union want to show the fans that, Hey, like we know this got ugly. Um, but you know, we're back and we want to, we want to make up for it. And so I do think you're right that it, it probably is a marketing ploy. I mean, God forbid something comes from the goodness of your heart, right? Which some of it does, but, um, you know, there may have been some direction from the team on that or, or the players union or, you know, the league office, who knows, but, you know, the way you know, we think of the baseball players in the league office. I'm guessing there isn't a ton of communication 
um, right. <laughs> unless they're at the at the the labor dispute meetings. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it's more more from the lockout. Yeah, that that's a that was an interesting angle. I and, and sometimes I, I will admit that yeah, I'm a little national media Murph with my with my listening. It's just podcasts. It's not necessarily listening to what's going on on sports radio. I don't drive anymore, so I don't even get like that thirty minutes or that hour segment. So I appreciate you kind of keeping us level hey, the, and giving us the Odyssey app is free and is on Amazon Alexa. <laughs> Uh, it's all right, man. I, I like, I, I hate commercials. That's more, that's more my thing. If they would have me on, like if we have Brewers pregames or postgames and they want to have, they want to have an opinion from a guy on the couch, maybe, maybe we can talk. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little scratch your back, scratch my back. We, we can get this thing popping. But anyways, um, I, I think I look at it like the cheap comments and, I understand where some people are coming from. And I, I know that Ananasio's comments of, well, we found budget for Andrew McCutcheon really rubbed people the wrong way. And it's like, he was like $5 million, dude. What are you talking about? I, I just, I guess like, and I was reading like a Reddit thread about this and Reddit sometimes is a, it's not always the best place for your source material, uh, especially the fan pages. Uh, but I was, I kind of was like, well, what the fuck do people want them to do? Like they're kind of weirdly set at all these different positions. Like, yeah, if you don't believe in Roddy Tlez, fine, but Roddy's been awesome. Roddy's probably been the best uh, player. But no, I, no, you're right, you're right. But I, I think having a legitimate third baseman would would help a lot of but, people sleep at night. Sure, but you traded for you Luis Urias back in the day, and I think they they have oh, no. a lot of stock in That's Luis fine. Urias. And I look at who was available at the third base position this year. And it really was a Eduardo Escobar for two years, 20 million. And I don't really think Eduardo Escobar liked playing here. Like I, he wasn't really a part of the lineup. I don't think council. I don't know. He did not. He was kind of the Serge Baca of the Milwaukee Brewers. Like he didn't really work that out. Johan Camargo is a fine player, but he one year, $1.4 million. He kills the Brewers. But like, they didn't really, there wasn't a ton of guys who just came out of nowhere from the third base position. Matt Carpenter signed a minor league deal with the Texas Rangers. He was pretty much lost at the plate with the shifts. Like, I don't know. Like I, well, you can, you can, you can trade for people. I mean, that's another way to sure. acquire players. Right. And if, if the Padres would have got Jose Ramirez, I would have been sick. I would have been so pissed off if they would have got Jose Ramirez. Cause that was a guy who I was like, he is a legitimate star in Cleveland for the first time in God knows when. They decided to actually pay one of their superstars, which they should be commended for. Um, and yes, they could have got Matt Chapman from the Oakland A's, who were fire sailing. That, that would have been, been that would have been, been a dream. dream. Right, exactly. And if you would have traded, but I don't know. I think I, I really think they sometimes hold on to prospects too long. It's kind of why the Brewers don't have a lot of bad prospect trades it's because they hold on to guys too long they don't have the dylan cease and eloy jimenez trade that the cubs did for jose quintana they don't have the glyber torres for uh Aldis chapman it took a while to get the pronunciation there but like it they don't have those trades because i think they hold on to guys like if the brewers were a little more freewheeling there's no fucking way Keston here is on this roster 
There just isn't. And there's probably the yeah. way people wouldn't want to hear this, but there's probably the way Aaron Ashby's on this roster or Ethan Small, who's not on the roster, but he's he's definitely sniffing it, right? Um, and, and maybe maybe there's a move coming. Maybe we'll see. Um, I'm really curious. Well, so can I ask you, can I kind of switch to, oh, go ahead. I'll, I have another question for you. But it's I would say the, probably the best trade in Brewers history is Freddie Peralta. Yes. I mean, there, there's an example of you just, you just dumped Adam Lind yep. and got uh, who you had, I think, signed or traded for in the last year of a contract. Yep. Or either signed to a one-year deal or traded for the land. Just, he was going to walk anyway. The Brewers were very good. They took a flyer on like a 18-year-old single a dude um if he was even that old at that time i don't know he might have been younger um and he's turned out to be you know at 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 least a uh you know uh freddie's more of a more than a prospect at this point but um he's certainly got some ton of unlocked potential so and he's he's already done quite a bit too so right one of the better trades in team history Totally. Absolutely. And and he's signed long-term. I do wonder if there is a little bit of pressure on Fred who goes tonight against the Phillies to kind of perform just be, just given the fact that Aaron Ashby was pretty solid in his first start. Like I know he gave up a Pujols home run. He walked four guys, but like if, when do you think like people are like, all right, they might need to look at Ashby instead of Peralta make a switch there. Is that do you think he has at least five starts before that happens? Because I it might be a little bit too yeah. soon, even if he struggles yeah, again probably. against Philly, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's such a long season, and you know, but with baseball too. I mean, you know, oh, it's a long season. It's a long season. The next thing you know, it's the All Star break, yeah. and I mean, you're ten games under five hundred, and then what? And then you. And now there's an extra wild card. Now it's like we got to go for it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think, you know, I, I'm sitting there thinking while you're talking, like, you know, Mark A is kind of serves two masters in a way, kind of Herb, Herb Colian in a, in a way. I mean, except Mark's much more, much more public and much more visible. Um, and, but he, you know, they kind of, I don't know, they, they just, they don't really go all in, all in, all in, all in. Right. And they do, they do it. They're, they're doing enough to stay competitive, but I don't know. And, and we still have a trade deadline, but I don't know. They had a very good opportunity. They had a very good opportunity last year and, and, and didn't necessarily pull the trigger on, anything huge. I mean, Escobar was at the time a pretty good trade. Yeah. Um, and he just didn't really work out, but, um, I, I think the Brewers yeah. have like a thing where they, I think it's, I think sometimes it's hard with hitters, right? Because you're like, all right, where, where are we going to place them? Where are we going to put them? And they addressed the need and got Escobar. They didn't try to see if they could get Ramirez. I don't know if they called, at that point, I don't know if the A's were willing to sell Matt Chapman, right? Like, it was it was a fine deal for what was available, what was on the table. Um, I think what the Braves did 
was pretty eye-opening. You know, you get Eddie Rosario. Plus, they, they got a couple other guys in that. In, Jock, in the, Jock that, Peterson. Jock Peterson. Jorge Soler. I, I will be curious to see if the Brewers look at that model and other teams, too, for that matter. And you're like, all right, just pick up guys who can kind of buy. trade for everybody. Right. Just kind of – but but look for guys who are just going to hit home runs, right? Who guys you just interchange out of your roster and you you're interchange out of your bench and you just ride the hot hand. The Brewers, I think, if anything, they learned from last year, it's that they need a deep bench. They can't have, you know, just scrubs coming off of that. Like, I am pretty much at my wit's end with Jace Peterson. And I'm like, yeah. just play Bursaw. Just play Bursaw. I know he's not great defensively at third base, but the guy can kind of hit. Let the guy just hit, all right? Like, Peterson's hitting under 100. There's no reason he should be in there. That's basically like having a pitcher in the lineup. But his OBP is like 300. Yeah, sure. So and we, yeah, we love think, we love OBP. Oh no, no, we do. You're right. You're right. The the <laughs> Brewers that de- Brewers definitely do. But yeah, I I'll be a good series against the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies are. I think they're kind of average right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they had, they had a win against the Rockies on uh, yesterday. The Phillies are are four and eight. I think. Oh, four and eight, five and eight. You're right. Um, so yeah, it'd be a, it's still a team that they expect to contend a lot of big boppers on that team with Hoskins, Schwarber, Bryce Harper. Uh, but their bullpen has been a, a tire Didi fire. Didi, yeah. Didi Gregorius. I don't know. Didi Gregorius that good? I mean, he'll hit home runs in a, in a little league park like Yankee stadium and, and citizens bank. Yeah. Citizens bank is, is a little league park. God, it's going to be really annoying if the Mets and Dodgers are both good because you're just I I follow too many Mets fans on Twitter, man. That's that's really where it comes down to. I'm already I'm already annoyed. Like, I follow two two Barstool Mets guys. That yeah, I mean I don't same. And I, I just I but I'm I have the ability to scroll past it. So no, um, I I look I'll I'll get over it. It's just wait. It's kind of like when it changes. Like I follow a decent amount of Bulls fans too. Like it's like you know, it, you just kind of have to. You, you just have to train your brain. And I I more enjoy when the Mets suck because they they are just miserable, and it's it's the the height of like woe is me, and it's funny, but to see them happy is not fun. You know, that's not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's just. It's not. It's not. It's. It's not the way the world works. Right. I guess is what I'm. What I, I'm trying to say. I will say this. I know it's very early, but I would feel kind like I'm not a huge fan of major markets doing special shit. But there would be something cool about the Mets, like making a World Series run with Buck Walter, who's been the guy, who's always been the bridesmaid. He always like gets that team to where they. They he never can finish it. Like that would be kind of cool. Fact: The Yankees are just absolute dog shit. Aaron Boone walking Miggy today was just so gross. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that today? I did. Ah, oh, just fucking a. I just Yankees are just a clown franchise. I hate. I they're just so annoying. They're so they're so bad. They're gonna be like eight. They're gonna be five hundred this year. It's gonna be great. But anyways, uh, I could go all day. Final thoughts on the NFL draft, switching gears. You know, everything's really been said at this point. 
it's been it's a long process. We talk about it all the time, whether it's you and I. Oh my god! Murph- it starts. It starts right after the season. Yeah, oh, I know. And whether it's Murph and I, um, and just in your group chats and on Twitter, whatever it may be, I think really the one thing I can say as like a large takeaway that we can kind of get into other mini headlines is just don't believe everything you hear this week. This week is massive smoke signal week. This is like everybody trying to shake up the apple cart, trying to see what team will flinch, seeing if someone will overreact. Who's going to, you know, who's going to kind of make the first move. Could the Packers pull an all time stunner and trade for Terry McLaurin or trade for, Debo, not Debo, they won't trade for Debo. Or AJ Brown was the other one. Maybe. But do I expect it? Absolutely not. I don't think it's going to happen. I told you earlier this week. So just really try to to stay even keel this week. Um, and that's my that's my PSA to the people, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much took every word out of my mouth. I mean, just it's just it's a silly season, pretty much. I mean, they and it's like this with, you know, the NBA draft too, or, oh, yeah, totally. you know, you, you, you kind of get to the week out and it's like everything has just been beat to death. And, you know, all the speculation that's been going on for months sort of has just dried up and everybody's kind of ready to go get it over with what's going to happen. And it's just kind of like the anticipation sort of builds. And, you know, there's going to be your, your Evan Massey's out there and guys that are Jordan Schultz's that are going to, you know, tweet dumb stuff and throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, you just kind of got to, got to have your, uh, your radar up. And Jordan, Jordan Schultz, AKA coffee boy. I, that's one of my favorite nicknames out there right now. Um, yeah. You know, coffee boy. Uh, yeah. They'll, they'll have a lot of bullshit that flies through. And I think right now, if you're if you're a Pack fan and you're still like in it, you still want to find angles. I would just kind of compare mock drafts that have quarterbacks going early and quarterbacks going late. Because if quarterbacks go early, that's kind of a detriment to the Green Bay Packers because then you're going to see you know other positions of need like wide receiver, like edge, like offensive tackle. You're going to see those guys dry up. You're going to see those guys go up in terms of their, their stock. But if the quarterbacks stay, you don't see as many quarterbacks, then that actually helps because that second kind of tier of guys where the Packers could fall in at 22, all of a sudden those guys become reality because you have all this movement of people trying to get their quarterback. I would assume that each team that needs a quarterback has a certain spot in the draft where they want to draft a guy. I don't know where that is. Um, I think the only like real smoke signal I've heard recently that I believe is that Carolina is going to look to move down from six because they don't have a pick till the fourth round and they're not good. They need picks. And I don't know who, who that team will be to get, go up to six. But I, I would imagine someone will, and that's kind of where I think, where I think maybe the draft could quote unquote start. You hear that all the time. That's a cliche. When does the draft actually start? And could even start at two. I mean, 
No one knows who's going to, who's going to get picked. I think it'd be hilarious if the lions pass on Thibodeau um, because he's not a football guy. Um, that would be so lions. And if they draft a kid from Georgia who has all the potential in the world, but is basically like a worse version than Rashawn Gary, he's like a workout warrior, but Rashawn Gary at least had some like underlying numbers. This cat doesn't have any underlying numbers. Travion Walker is what we are talking about. It'll be, it is, there are some, there's some intrigue here, but it's, it's, you're not going to know it until, until the night of the draft. Yeah, I, I would, I bet you the Lions would like to get uh, Aiden Hutchinson if they could, but. Um, yeah, I think that would be, that would be their perfect scenario because it, not only A, is he a football guy, he's kind of like out of the J.J. Watt factory of Midwest dudes. He's a Michigan he guy. Yeah, oh yeah. You could market so, the abs- absolute hell out of that. But they had to win, what, the last game? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah, And. Yep. I mean, I know we all like Dan Campbell, but now you're now you're going to be stuck with, you know, taking some of these boomer bust guys when you kind of had the the Derrick Rose of the Bulls perfect dream scenario right in your lap, and uh, and and now you fucked it up. So um, just think about that. Yeah. So, I, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I agree that. It, it seems like every well, not every year. Every year, I mean, there's some good quarterback prospects, and in the recent past, certainly uh, last year was a pretty good one. But and next um, year, next year is going to be incredible. Every every five or six years, you get a shitty quarterback class, but you know that there will be two of those guys that go like in the top twenty. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Desmond Ritter, like Kenny me- Pickett. To me, Desmond Ritter is the guy who I would draft. If you would say if we if the Packers needed a quarterback, I would take Ritter from Cincinnati. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, he's a little older, but I I think that he just has a lot of, you know, it's all the cliche bullshit. He's a winner. He he's a guy who has been a leader on the football field. He you know he's he talk he like looks up his opponents like what they're like moms are and what they're weak and like just talk shit on the football field he he has a lot there and I think will make him a starter I would also maybe even take a shot at Matt Corral who has I would say reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield in a way of like he is he's undersized he's kind of not in control but if you had enough if you had enough sort of rigor around him I think Matt Corral could be really good I'm not not as excited about Malik Willis. I think Kenny Pickett is a bad decision for anyone who drafts Kenny Pickett. He's too old. He's, I mean, he's like Joe Burrow's age, and he's like, I don't know, homeless version of Joe Burrow. He's like Joe Burrow hanging out on Brady Street on Wal- at Walgreens versus like Joe Burrow who's thriving at Joe Cats. I don't know. Like, it's it's not a it's not a guy I would draft. He's like twenty five. Yeah, he's a fucking old dude. He's not that. He wow. might be a little younger than Burrow, but he's he's old. He's like twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, he's he's transferred a couple times, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. also say too. Um, uh, la- and the other thought too, and like I love Peter Schrager. Peter Schrager is one of one of my guys. I would say from the NFL. I get annoyed by him because I hear him a lot because he's on Bill Simmons' podcast. But 
Peter having Jahan Dotson and Devontae Watt as the Packers draft picks was terrible um, because they're not drafting either of those guys. Like, we need to get Schrager better back for Intel. They're not drafting a short fucking wide receiver. Dotson's like – You don't think so? Five, no, 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 no. I If they draft Jahan Dotson, I will do a nine-inning, nine-hot-dog challenge for a brewer game. Well, I will bet that right now. I mean, I kind of want them to get them, but I don't know. They don't. They don't. They don't. They just don't draft small receivers, Mitch. Like that's just not their thing. And they already have Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers. Like they don't need that kind of gadget guy. And I think Amari Rogers is probably the smallest receiver they've drafted in a while. And I don't think they really view him as a wide receiver. I kind of think they hope he'll be a Debo guy. Maybe they cut his ass. I don't know. I mean, Randall Cobb, it's an interesting comment. So Randall Cobb and him are close because their families are close from like T. Martin. No, I meant, I meant Amari Rogers. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, so what I'm saying is like, so Randall Cobb basically was like, don't give up on Amari Rogers. He was in his press conference oh, this week. Yeah. And he was like referred to Devontae Adams said, should he start? James Adams and James Adams, James Jones, James Adams, or as John Adams. Uh, J- James Jones had a had a shitty start to his his career. Like some of these receivers do get off to bad starts. Some of them work out, you know. MVS EQ, so well, not animal EQ, but MVS I would say yes, shitty start figured it out. Some guys don't. Jamon Moore, for example. So I don't know if I want to put myself on Amari Rogers Island, but that that's a perfect Chuck candidate to just completely zag for everybody. You know I love to zag on a Packers player because it's just fun seeing it's, it's my theater trolling me, um, shall we say? So, um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they'd cut Amari Rogers. I'd be surprised. Um, they, especially because it was a third round pick. Um, and I, I think his relationship with Cobb, Cobb can help him sort of elevate himself. He just, he, he, for some reason did not have the speed that he had at Clemson. Like, I don't know if he put on a bunch of weight and that's why, but he was, he to me was slow last year. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if Amari can figure it out. And maybe the tutelage of Rich Basicchia, Pip Boss Rich, can, can help him out. Help him out. Basaccia to Basaccia. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to butcher that all fucking fall, baby. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready to fact check me on every one of those. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get there. It'll take a while, but I'll I'll get there. I, I think the media pronounced it as Basicchia, but it is Basaccia. Is that right? Rich Basaccia, yeah. All right. 100%. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no no dots. Yeah. If Dotson gets drafted, I will do a hot dog challenge. Um, 100%. And I just think of- those are the guys that – I just think those are the types of guys that are that fast that should be – should be coveted for once. I mean, yeah, maybe. I just, I don't know. I think, I just don't know if I'd be very curious if that was the direction they went. And Devontae Watt is like 24. The Packers also don't draft old guys, which I didn't know. And then the Packers Twitter dug into it and like, yeah, all their guys they draft in the first couple rounds are guys who are like 20 or 21. Well, that's good. I mean, I like that because that typically means a more upside, but oh, totally. Um, and I, I, I mean, most time football doesn't compare to basketball in that regard, but you know, Kenny Pickett, by the way, is going to be 24 in like 
a month and a half. So I mean, he already you know, has a say. He has his R, He already has a say ARP card. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's old man. And he um, never transferred either. I looked it up. So uh, he was he's been at Pittsburgh for four years. Life or five years probably. Uh yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's not like that old. I mean, that's for NFL. I mean, ah, guys there old. for five years. I mean, that's old, dude. What's now? Well, we don't have to do this and keep going back on all the quarterbacks' age, but I'm pretty sure that's the oldest one. Desmond Ritter might be, might be kind of in that in that vicinity. Let's see here, Desmond Ritter's 22, so he's, he's a little younger. Going to be 23 in in August. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see, man. It'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I love Preston Smith's comment, uh, about, you know, if they need more agile, he's like, I got 20 guns, you know, you need, you need weapons sometimes. Uh, I was like, well, man, it may not something you want to admit to, to the media, but go ahead. You know, I'm glad nobody canceled him for it. And that's good. And, uh, I'm sure the Northern, Northern Wisconsin section appreciated, uh, his legal gun use. <laughs> wow. 20's a lot. 20's a lot of guns. I uh, I I don't know. I, I don't think I would ever need 20 guns. I don't I just don't know a situation where uh where I would need that. But maybe you know our gun enthusiasts that listen to listen to the podcast could explain uh why yeah, you would need 20, 20... guns. 20 is a lot. I mean, yeah. You know, if, if you are an avid outdoorsman, you know, 10 is probably enough because you probably have one for like duck hunting and one for deer hunting or, you know, a couple for deer hunting. Right. Um, yeah. Or a couple for each, I guess I should say. Um, you know, pheasant. Uh, AKA grouse hunting. You, know, you probably have different types of ammo. And, do you have, do, so do guys like, I, I'm now, I mean, we're way off the rails here, but like, and we're going to end the show here quick, but like, do guys have different guns for every animal they hunt? Yeah, probably. I mean, no if you're fucking a, shit. Well, yeah, you know, definitely. Like, if you're, like I said, if you're an avid outdoorsman, right, right. Yeah. Well, absolutely. absolutely. I, and, and money is not really an issue. I mean, yeah, so you're, you're probably like, yeah. I mean, you you and and like there's also different like rules and stuff of oh, guns, totally. different right, types right. of guns and types of ammo you can use right. um, on on different um, game. So I mean, yeah, it's deeper than just like grabbing a gun off the shelf and you know off Walmart shelf and heading out to a plot of land. Oh I mean, yeah, now there's there's a lot of strategy involved. Oh, yeah, I mean, if there's one thing I know very, very little about, it's guns. Um, that would be yeah. that'd be top of the list. Um, I was 0 for 30 in clay pigeon shooting with uh, the boys a few few winters ago. So <laughs> did you get uh, shut out? Yeah, I didn't make. I didn't hit one. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, bitch, I, I, I knew I knew it was bad, but I didn't know. I don't remember it being bad. Bitch, my hand-eye coordination is is bad. It's just not it's good. Subpar. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's just, it doesn't doesn't work out well. Uh, it does. It just does not does not correlate. Unfortunately, what are you gonna do, man? Just life. It, it happens. It's a bitch. 
All right. Anything else with people uh, before we uh, ride out? Oh, I guess we should probably mention this earlier. We will be at the Broadhouse uh, tonight for the Bucks game. Um, so if you are around or want to come hang, watch upstairs um, because the weather's going to be shit. So uh, we'll uh, we'll mosey up, belly up, and uh, watch the Bucks basketball. So that should be good. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. Uh, it should be a good time. And then try to maybe see if we can do Sunday. We'll, we'll see. That's Sunday noon. I wish I was at 2.30. I know. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll offline about that. All right. Take care, guys. Have a awesome weekend. I'm going to try to do a podcast on Saturday, but we're, I don't know. Might have cashed a check. My ass can't actually bring in. Someone has to golf on, on Saturday morning. So I don't know, man. It's going to be tough, but we're going to figure it out. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll uh, we'll talk when we talk to you. Peace. Peace.